Hello, my name is Hector Hernandez, and I want to welcome you guys to the struggles of entrepreneurship, where we get down to the grain and find out what makes each individual successful. I hope you enjoy it. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Struggles of Entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Hector Hernandez, and today we have a very lovely guest, Ms. Heather Benichuk. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being on. So, as you guys know, I try to bring you the best talent that I can find that you can hear and you can get some best advice. And today we're talking about finances and financial education. And that's what Heather does. So I'm going to go ahead and um, have you introduce yourself, Ms. Heather. Let us know what you do and let us know how you do it. Yeah. So I am the Director of Education for Millennial Wealth Management. We are a fee-only independent financial planning firm. Um, so it's a little bit different than the financial planning that you traditionally think of. Um, we focus on helping millennials regardless of wherever you start and our goal is to create comprehensive financial plans so we can help you with anything from getting out of debt to retiring at 40. Um, and my role in particular as director of education is just to help as many people be financially literate as possible so i teach an online class that's uh accessible my goal is to make it accessible for everyone um and i do like speaking events at wellness programs so i have the opportunity to to just get the information out there help everyone get the basic knowledge that they need to be successful with finances Wow, yeah, and I think that's really something that's lacking nowadays. So right, tell me, I'm why... making up for, for the lack of education that we all hopefully or maybe should have received earlier on, but... We yeah, well, I mean, taxes would have been really good to learn how to pay them in school, right? <laughs> how they worked. <laughs> right, and they never talk about it. So that's, that's what I do. That's my goal. So tell me, you focus on millennials. Um, can you just break down a little bit more why you, you decided to focus on that generation? And if for the audience listening, can you explain what a millennial is? Yeah, yeah. So the millennial generation, I got to think what the ages are nowadays. I think it's like 25 to 45 or something in there. Um, but the I wanted to focus on that generation because we didn't get a whole lot of education. Um, we, it, like culturally, our parents didn't talk about it a whole lot. And we were kind of dealt as a generation a little bit of a, a challenging hand, right? We, a lot of millennials have a lot of debt. A lot of millennials came out of school, whether it's high school or college, and found that there weren't a lot of jobs. I mean, generally speaking, the millennials were the generation that came out of school right about the time of the recession. So. Um, we were dealt a tough hand and so we never thought about uh, our finances and now that things are settling, um, at least a little bit, we're starting to get our feet on the ground and, and figure out what we want to do financially and I think that it's absolutely something that millennials as a generation can recover from. It's absolutely some, it's an opportunity for growth, uh, but we got to take advantage of it. So hopefully you know my like i said my goal is to educate and help people know how to take those first steps to whether it's to get out of debt or for those 
a little bit further along the path to figure out how how they can actually use their money to, to build the life that they want to live. It's less traditional, right? Um, one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, a lot of financial advisors, the vast majority of financial advisors are male and they're over the age of 65, which is great for folks who are in that age range. Um, but it's hard to relate to. I mean, my husband's a great example. He had a financial advisor that was many, many decades older than him and hadn't paid attention to his portfolio because he was so young, it wasn't relevant. And, and that's really a shame because it's such a great time to get started and grow. Um, so I love working with millennials because because I see that opportunity. And I know that I'm a little bit different from the standard stereotype of a financial advisor. And all of us really are millennial wealth management. Um, kind of trying to trying to turn the, the system on its head and, and give it a new, uh, a new fresh look, so. Yeah, you know, and I have to agree with you. So I, I, I can see there's a generational gap of financial education. So I can remember my mom counting her pennies and having the folders this goes there and this pays that and i would attribute to once we got a plastic card that we can pay anything with that we just kind of lost the, the feel for it so we feel like it's not there but then it's there when it's not there right and when no one talks about the basics and no, no one gets to see that information it's like oh well you know i was just talking about credit cards and credit scores the other day on my class and we were talking about some of the major myths and when you don't learn about it, you hear all these crazy things like, oh, I have to carry a balance on my credit card to increase my credit score. It's like, well, not really. And we just need to be be talking about it. Um, as a society, that's hard for us to do, but it's, it's important and it's good and it's going to look different. I mean, the other important thing that I always talk about is we're not really talking about retirement anymore. It's financial independence, it's building the life that you want to live. No one's sitting on their now that folks are living longer, no one's sitting on their deck for, um, you know, 20 course, years. Right. Yeah. Now that the kids running by, right? They're traveling, they're building businesses, they're starting uh, another career later in life. And that's, we want to plan for that. We want to, we want to be excited about that. Yeah. So I'm going to go take this a little bit down the rabbit hole a little bit deeper. Um, you say financial education, nobody's talking about it. What would be your opinion as far as why nobody's talking about it? Because I, I totally agree with you. I just want to hear your perspective. Yeah, I think it's a cultural thing. Um, I think that, I, and, and, I, and I speak from personal experience because I was raised in a family that it, it just was not something you talked about. Um, I, I think that culturally, you know, the, the practice is to not talk about how much money you earn, the practice is to not talk about your finances at all with anyone outside of your family, even sometimes in your family, right? And that means that our parents, because they're not talking about what they earned or how they save or, or what it looks like to have a household budget, we don't ever learn it, right? So it's not passed down from generation to generation. Um, and I, I think it's so interesting. I think France is a country that they, the salaries of all the employees is public knowledge. Can you imagine how different that would look if we had that here? Not necessarily that that's better or worse, but it would just be really, really different. And I think that the culture here in the US is 
well, you don't want to show how much you're earning because it might be different from the person in the office next to you and that could have all these crazy implications and it's advantageous for companies to not really share that, right? Um, and that just kind of breeds this culture of, of mystery and of silence. And I think the other thing too is there's this expectation that, oh, well, I have to be a millionaire to work with a financial advisor. I have to make a ton of money to work with a financial advisor. And that's not, I mean, that has been true in the past, but my goal is to change that because culturally, like, that's what's set in stone and that doesn't need to be the case. Um, especially when we lose out on the information passed from generation to generation. We have to have someone else then stepping in and helping out mm-hmm. uh, and participating. So. Yeah, no, you mentioned it's a cultural thing, and, and obviously you and I are, are have different ethical back, backgrounds, right? And, but still, I mean, like, that's still a cultural thing in my, in my culture as well, right? We don't talk about it. Don't tell anybody how much you make. You, you just do it. But right. It's very common in North America. I've talked to folks in Canada, yeah. too, and they tell me the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I also think, that going down that rabbit hole again, I think it's the fact that we live in America and we like to consume. And because we like to consume, I can buy it and as long as I have a little bit, I can buy it and I'll pay it later. And I can pay it later. Um, I'm, a, I'm from Mexico City and credit options is not something that's very viable. You either have it or you don't have it, right? And that's a phrase that has and it don't have real quick. <laughs> and here in America, it's very diff- difficult to separate the has and don't have because everybody can get it. Yes, yeah, that and, and like student debt too. And that I think culturally we've just kind of accepted that that exists and I that's another one of those cultural things I, I hope we can change because you're right there's this idea when you have a credit card that oh well my credit limit is how much I can actually spend and that's not really the way it works in the long run and those credit card companies want of course they want you to do that because then they're racking up the interest that you have to pay on what you couldn't afford in that monthly payment um so that's why I always 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 when I start talking about finances with folks, I always start with budgets regardless of where they are because we have to, you have to get your mind around what you, like what you said, what, what you actually have now, what you actually have month to month, what is really uh, realistic. Because yeah, it's, it's very, our financial industry is very sneaky and that was um, one of the things that I, that's one of the things I love most about our company is like, how can we, how can we be less sneaky? How can we be different because the financial industry has kind of a rough reputation because there are things like that you know um and and debt is kind of the same game so how can how can we flip that on on its head and how can we better understand what's really happening and what kind of an impact that has in the long run all right so talk to me let's say let's say i'm a millennial i'm listening to this podcast i'm driving to my work and i'm like oh i hate my job I only make $400 a week and I got to pay. What, what would be step one? Well, give me a three-step process. I know there's no certain procedure, but just give me like, what's three things that I can do right now to change my, my financial situation? Or to yeah, gain control. Okay, so, so that's a great, you're already at a great starting point because you know exactly how much you have coming in, right? So you gave me a number there. That's great. Um, that's a, honestly, most people don't know how much they have even as coming in. So that's a great thing to be mindful of. Then the next step is to figure out how much you're actually spending. 
right? How much is going out month to month? Um, and you could use any, you know, you can look at a credit card statement, you could look at a budget, you could look at your bank statement, whatever it may be, or if you, you know, if it's coming in in cash and you're keeping it in under your mattress, you can check there too, whatever works, right? Um, but once you've got your mind around that, that, those are the two pieces, how much you have, how much cash you have coming in and how much cash you have going out. Those are the first two things you need to know to then be able to say, how can I make changes? How can I look at this? and think about everything I'm spending on. What, like, and, and really break it down. How much are you spending on insurance? How much are you spending on housing? How much are you spending on food? What, because really all of these things are changeable, what is changeable? What, how could you shift that? How could you be mindful of that? The goal is to get out of the habit of living paycheck to paycheck, but save up just enough so that you've got a little bit of an emergency fund if something happens and start to break that cycle. Because once you get through that, it kind of opens up the floodgates for change. But that's that's the trick is to know how much you've got coming in, how much you've got going out, and then figure out how you can shift your spending to get out of the cycle of the paycheck to paycheck. Even just one paycheck ahead is, is what we're looking for. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So I'll figure out what I'm what I'm making, and I know that, and then I'll figure I'll write down what I'm spending, and then I can say, okay, from what I'm spending, what can I not spend on, right? Or where can I invest somewhere else or save? And, and yeah, so. I mean, there's always there's always something we spend more on than we realize. <laughs> Every one of us, no matter <laughs> who we are. I when I first built my budget years ago, I had that realization of like, oh, this is how much I spend. You know, even driving to and from work, uh, that's how much car insurance costs. That's how much mileage looks like and like the wear and tear on your car, things like that. Um, it all kind of adds up. So it's important to, to start to wrap your head around it. So as a financial planner and um, an expert in this field now, do you, do you still keep a budget, a weekly budget, monthly budget, something that you oh, still... Yeah. 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 I... Uh, I love budgeting. I still keep my budget. I actually, I got married in the last year um, and it has been really fun to look at a budget for two people instead of one, right? Because it instantly gets more complicated. Um, and it's been really fun for me to kind of put myself in the shoes and better understand my clients going through that process as well. Um, because money, I mean, money is a thing. There's so much more that goes into it than that. There's communication, there's you know, like your lifestyle, there's your values, all of these things play a weird role in it. Um, and a budget is just one way to check in on that. So yeah, I love my budget. It's pretty complicated and I've got a business budget and I've got a personal budget um, and I've got, you know, all these, all these crazy twins. I love numbers like that. I'm the type of person that when I've got a budget, I'm moving pennies around because I find it fascinating. I know that most people don't live life like that. <laughs> well, really, that's, that was going into my next question. So obviously you love numbers, you love budgeting. Who was Heather in, in high school? How, how was Heather in high school if you were chilling out? It's so funny because uh, when I went to school, I hated math. I hated it. I hated, uh, I like, I did go to college for business and I did not want to get a finance degree because I was convinced I was never going to work in finance. It's just not a fit. And after graduation, all of a sudden I got into the real world, I was like, 
oh, oh no, I like, this is important. And, and then I saw the impact it could have on my life. And that was what did it for me. You know, when you're in school, I think I was struggled to be engaged because I had a hard time tying it to my real experience and what I would actually use day to day. Um, and then, you know, once I got out of school and saw how it actually mattered, it was like, oh, well, there, there we go. There's the tie-in. That's how that works. And then it became a passion. Um, but gosh, it was, it was not, I mean, it, it was not my expertise. It was not what I was excited about. It certainly wasn't what it drove me. And now I'm like in the process of getting a master's in finance because I just, I love the numbers. I, I love the way it all, it's kind of beautiful to me the way it all clicks together. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you really learned to love it. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't necessarily, it was because of the application. Yeah. Because of the way that it applied. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily the, the science behind it. It was how it applies to your life and how you, you you can control it to control your life or to live the life that you want. Right. I mean, that that's what I always say is when we think about personal finance, I love what I do because I work with the people in society that are the game changers. They're the folks that are starting businesses. They're the folks that are working for incredible companies and actually shifting the way we live our life. I'm just helping people sort out one resource that can help them do that. Um, and it can be a powerful resource. It can kind of be our Achilles heel or one of our greatest strengths. Um, but it's it's just a tool to get to all these other great things that folks are working on and doing. Yeah, that's great. So how does one get to talk to Heather, get, get to join Heather's program, get to get involved in getting all this set yeah uh so we have a great website that walks through all of our if you're at the point where you really want a one-on-one financial advisor um we do have a service where like we're your personal cfo um and our website outlines that really well it's a great option for folks who have their own business or just kind of have a complicated thing you know if you've got a spouse and children some kind of complicated financial picture that's an awesome resource um the class i teach we are just getting it up and running so it's not on our website quite yet um but i've got a uh kind of a landing page that will i'll um, share with you all with some information about how to get involved the course i teach um is really designed to give basic financial knowledge so that you can get your feet off the ground so we walk through budgeting in the first month and the next month we talk about how to get the right day um because that does make a big difference it sounds really boring but it, it does have a large impact in the long run and then every month we kind of build on that so for those of you who are just getting your feet under the ground or haven't ever really talked or thought about finances before that's the best place to start um because you'll walk away from that program with like oh this is this is who i this is who i am i I know what i'm doing i can kind of use some of the lingo and i'm i'm you'll build some confidence (laughs) um both of those services whether it's the personal cfo or the class are subscription based so it's really easy to just try it out um and see if it's a good fit and and see what you learn and and how much you grow right off the start so um yeah i'll provide i'll provide that my like i said my big role is teaching the class 
um, and doing any wellness program. So if you get, if anyone listening actually wants me to chat at their workplace, I'm happy to do that, um, whether it's virtual or in person. Um, but I don't actually work one-on-one with clients as their, as their personal CFO, but we've got a, a couple of advisors who are absolutely able to help help you do that so they'll, they'll be resources for you as well nice so now share with us please a a story a feedback that you gotten from somebody that you helped them turn their financial situation around what's something that they told you and how does that make you feel yeah uh, I love that question so one of my favorite experiences working with a client um, was helping them build a debt plan which we actually we do in the class um, and we got to plug in, you know, you plug in all of the debt that you have, credit card, student loan, car debt, house debt, whatever it may be. Normally I don't include houses in um, debt plans, but that's a whole other story. Um, anyway, they had their debt plan, we were building it together, and they had just had this assumption that that was a part of life. Right. It, their student loan debt was going to follow them from the minute they got out of school until the day they died. Um, and that, that was just the reality of it. And we got to plug some numbers in and look at what it would, you know, what it would look like. We built a budget. So we saw, okay, you've got, you know, an extra $100 a month, let's say, um, to throw at this. If we do that, what does that look like? What, how does that impact your debt plan in the long run? And I can't recall all the specifics now, but whatever amount that they had extra per month that they could put toward debt, paying off credit cards was the first step. Um, they could get out of debt in a couple of years. It was really manageable. And we had a date, like a month and a year that they would be out of debt. And I just remember the look on their face of like, this isn't, this doesn't have to be the defining feature of my life. This doesn't have to be so burdensome. And they had that, then it was followed by the moment of, what would my life look like if I didn't have that credit card bill every month that I was paying off in addition to what I'm like just trying to afford day to day? Like, it, that would be huge. That would completely change my monthly finances. It would completely change my trajectory, right? We weren't even talking about retirement because it was so far off the table, but then all of a sudden it was like, oh, financial independence might actually be something that's worth discussing because it's not that far, you know? It, once you get out of debt, then all of a sudden they'd have that extra income to, to think about what else they wanted to do besides paying off debt. Um, so I love moments like that. I love that so much because, and that's why I focus on the on this portion of the business because a lot of the time it's it's not rocket science. It's not that far away. Um, it it can be a lot closer than you think, but you you just have to look at it and and be thoughtful of it and and put some time in to make a plan and be committed to sticking to it. Um, because you know now we're like halfway through working through that debt plan, right? And, and they're close to being out of debt, which, like, I mean, what a freeing experience that is. Um, so I love that. I love those little changes that can have big effects. And I love seeing the realization that life can look really different uh, once you tackle some of those essential things. So 
it's it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. I've taught at a university for a long time, and I love that too. But it's really fun to see the trajectory of both a student, but also an adult, change um, with, with just little shifts, more mindfulness, more intentionality. Yeah. So in your um, college sessions that you're giving, are you focusing more on the real world experience and application of this? <laughs> I do, yeah. Thank it's you. funny, I don't. Uh, I teach over at Steve Boulder as well, and I, I don't teach any finance classes. I teach intro business classes, like lower division freshman courses, uh, and international business classes. But um, yes, that's always my goal. It's like, how can we, how can we make this tangible? How can we make it applicable? How can it feel real? It's hard to do. Um, but with international business, it's, it's getting, it's easier, and I'm getting better at it. You know, coming from that mindset of that student that struggles. And frankly, you know, especially teaching business, so many of the students who are going to be awesome, successful business people are the ones who are probably not doing great in school because they're creative. They've got that entrepreneur mind, right? They're they're outside of the box and so much of school is following the rules, right? So I love to help them figure out how they can express themselves and, and build that spirit. Uh, even if it's in a even if it's in an environment where there are some rules and I have to give grades. <laughs> yeah, well, we still have to play under their system, right? Unfortunately. Right. But fortunately, right. I don't have to give any grades in financial foundations. It's all, it's all, you know, if, if you want financial help, we give you all the information and all the tools to do it. There's no, it's not so much right way or wrong way, which I love. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. And it's great really focusing again on this generation, on us that, are, that weren't taught that. And the fact that you can do it virtually. So how do you use social media to reach these millennials? And I mean, we know we're on social media. How do you personally use it? Yeah, so we are obviously on Facebook um, and we're on LinkedIn where we send out, you know, we use it as an opportunity because it's one of the values of our company. We use it as a place to educate. So we wanna provide value, provide education through those channels. Um, help people build some of the that financial knowledge and financial savvy. Um, I love to, as our class grows here, we'll be I, using like Facebook groups to help students uh, in the Financial Foundations course ask questions and get questions answered and we'll do our office hours on there um, to help because the part of the course is you get to ask questions and have a financial advisor like we go through and answer them um so it's it's a great way to connect and to to get to know us a little better for us to get to know all of all of those going through the class um it's a, i love the opportunity to build relationships with people all across the world really i mean that's the course is designed to be taken by anyone anywhere on their own schedule and, and i love the flexibility of that uh, we lose that in in mainstream traditional education and, and i love that we get to be creative in that way and through financial foundations so yeah. yeah you're really hitting them where where they're at right you're attacking your market where the, where the platform is that they use right i mean everyone wants to hang out on facebook anyway why not put it 
to use. <laughs> yeah, no, Facebook groups is a great power. You know, the power of Facebook groups is magical. You can market to a, to an audience and so forth. So that's yeah. great. great. You guys are on the right tools. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go ahead and in the here, Miss Heather, do you have any last words for our guests? Please let us know where they, where they can find you. Let us know where we can stalk you. Let us know your websites. And of course, guys, I'm going to include all that at the bottom of the links and everything else, but we'd like to hear yeah. from you. Yeah, we're, our website handle is uh, it's pretty easy. It's long, but it's simple. It's millennialwealthmanagement.com. Um, don't be afraid to check in and say hi and let us know if you've got any questions. You can also check us out on Facebook. We're linked to everything on there. Um, and like I said, we use it as an opportunity to educate. So you'll find some interesting stuff on there about um, what the markets are doing or how you can get involved and uh, we also I've written quite a bit on Investopedia too so that's always a good, good place to check out as well but yeah um, don't be afraid to reach out and connect with us we'd love to hear from you I'd love to have you be involved I'd love to help educate let's let's make everyone financially literate so yeah that's really a change so Ms. Heather, the question, the last question for you would be, if you had one billboard, what would it say? Ooh, one billboard. Ah, <laughs> it's kind of my personal mantra. Um, I talk about it a lot in financial, with all of my clients and in financial foundations and, and on podcasts like this, I love chatting about how Every penny has a purpose. Oh, nice. We think that they're small, but they accumulate. That's, that's the thing about finances. And it's true about our lives too. The small changes we make have a big difference. So every penny has a purpose. That's what I'd put on a billboard. I would get that tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great quote. I would love to see that on a, on a billboard. And I wish our education system would talk more about that. Ms. Heather, thank you so much for your time today. Guys, you heard it here first. Go follow her. Go sign up. Go stalk her. She's okay with it. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Ms. Heather, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Do not forget to sign up for our private Facebook group. Subscribe to this podcast. You get the alert when we get the next one. Thank you and have a good day.